You're listening to Scariff Bay Community Radio and this is Around the Parishes, the programme where we go all over East Clare every week to find out what's going on in all the different areas. Today our focus is on Ogunlo and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by our correspondent there, Michael McNamara. Good afternoon to you, Michael. And how are you doing? Great, altogether. If it wasn't for this weather, Michael, that's so wet and so... Um, miserable. You wouldn't have been able to saw the spuds this early if um, if if you were still at it. I know it. I know it. We wouldn't know it. That's that's very very true. But I suppose the the sawing of the spuds for those who do saw them nowadays they're a little bit later than they were uh, going back. We we'll say into the. The twenties and the thirties, yeah, that's true. Yes, yeah, but I presume, hopefully, it will dry out anyway, and places will become ground will become workable again. Well, it will, and yeah. sure, every year, like the work is done every year, and potatoes and so on, and and the hay is cut, and everything is done, the silage is done, and that happens every year. It does. Might it, be later than other years, but it, it always happens. Yeah, which I suppose farmers watch their chance, and uh, they'll take it when they get it. I do. Yeah. Well, that's farming life, and you have to go with the. You have to work with the weather, and yes. you can't. You can't isolate it, so you work with it. Yes. Okay. Listen, um, hurling. I suppose the the AGM has been held recently, Michael. It did. We had the AGM, and um, there wasn't too many changes at the AGM. The chair and the secretary and the treasurer—they're the same, and um, they have. Um, on, on the hurling front, on the junior, there's a new management, I think, in and the junior this year. And, um, of course, the big news with the hurling, Gerard Sheedy is the first um, young man that has made a breakthrough on the county team since um, the Fords. Yes. And that's going back a number of years. So Gerard has made it. He started against Cork, and there's a game coming up on... On, um, he's on the panel for the Wexford game on Sunday. So it's great to see a young lad like Garod making um, making a, a, an impact at county level. It's good for any any um, club. I mean, he has you know he's a great lad and has a great attitude, and you know he fully deserves his chance on the Clare team, and it's great to see it. I suppose he didn't pick it up off the ground, though, Michael. No, he didn't allow to pick it up off the ground. There was his father was a, a man before him who wore a county jersey, and um, his uncle Pascal as well. So he didn't, and the Sheedies sure were noted for hurling, and hurling is in their blood, going back for years and years. That's true. Yes. So anyway, we we wish him well uh, tomorrow against Wexford, and hopefully he will um, he'll bring home the they'll bring home a victory. Well, hopefully, yeah. hopefully they will. And I suppose um, Scarafogunlo Camogie Club um, made the headlines during the week and was featured on the papers and in RT, Michael. It certainly did. With the the four uh, daily girls uh, from the Scarafogunlo Club and um, they played for Clare against Galway. Quite unique for to have four sisters um, playing on on the one team, and um, it made great news, and quite rightly so. And four great young girls, and uh, with a great attitude towards Camogie. And I suppose uh, going back, it's a good many years since uh, probably the Bonners of Tipperary or the Dooleys of Galway, 
at the goalies of Offaly, yes. uh, of Offaly, they would have been, I suppose, when back then, it would have been, we had a couple of those on teams. But to have four uh, sisters on one team, quite unique, quite a historic occasion. Yes. Well done for the girls. Oh, yeah. They're, I mean, they're, they're again, like Garrod Sheedy, their, their, their skill levels are very high and their attitude is brilliant. So, you know, they, they fully deserve the accolades that have been given to them. They do. They do. And but to reach that level, there's a huge personal input and a huge commitment uh, from any person, be it male or female, for to reach levels like that. And you can only admire them for what they have achieved. Yeah, great stuff. Okay, yeah. Michael, you were telling me before you went on air uh, about a man called Tim Lynch. I did. Tim, Tim was my next-door neighbour for many, many years. Died in, in 78. But uh, he kept a, a diary for four years from 14 on. From 1913... And 1913. To 1917. To about 1917, yeah. Yes. And it gave a great insight into what life was like at that time. And it was completely different, of course, to what it is now. And um, you had very little cars and everything was, everything done by hand. But he gave a great insight to, to life at the time. Yes. Um, but, uh, a, a wonderful man. He, I suppose, he went as far as primary school. Um, possibly he stayed until around 16, yeah. because they used to at that time. That's right. It wouldn't have um, been unusual at all to, to stay. It wouldn't. That's true. Yeah. So he would have started writing this. He was about 22. I know when he was 17 years of age, he told me himself that he taught himself uh, Greg Shorthand. Yes. And when De Valera um, was, uh, came to, he did, um, he was uh, uh, running for player. He came and he gave a rally down in a field down below Tinorana. And him took it down and uh, he sent it to the third champion. And he told me afterwards, they printed it almost verbatim. Yes. yes. So he... he um, he, he was he was a brilliant man. And what and, um, what did he do, he was Michael? What uh, line of work was he in? He was a farmer. Yes, he was he was a farmer. Yeah, and um, he he had um, his, he had a small farm, about seven acres or so. And um, even when he was a young man, you know, where if people were going to court, people would come to him for to. Uh, and he'd write letters for them if they were going to court or if they needed to make contact with the solicitor. Yes. And he used to write the letters for them. Yes. Yeah. Brilliant guy, obviously. Self-taught oh, and, and, you know, probably had the, understood the value of learning. Oh, he did. Yes. And he had a, he had a great insight into everything that happened. He, he used to tell me they used to get, of course, the newspapers were a few and far between at the time, and they get a newspaper. It could be maybe a week out of date, but he said they'd read it from cover to cover, yes. everything, even the ads. Yes, yes. But you um, were able to you get hold of uh, the diary or a copy of the diary 
and um, you said you might uh, read a piece for us. I did, I did, I did, and I picked out a piece. It was um, it was going with the neighbour Paddy Switch, and they were going over to Tipperary, over to Gwynlee and Tipperary, and was, they were fencing for a friend. So he said, Rose at three thirty, going with boundary building party taken by Peace Stretch to make fences for friends of his residing in Quinlee Tipperary. At five, went with CMAC to Stretches. Beautiful morning. Grey dawn, just breaking. As everyone appears to be up, preparing for party, I find it difficult to imagine that it is really morning and not nine at night. All from locality having assembled, we set out in two cars, heavenly freighted. A third car overtook us at Tinorana Cottages, completing our party of 26. Picked up a pedestrian named Mulcahy carrying a jealously guarded person, which the major part of our crowd concluded was a city. Called up everybody with the earshot as we went along. An order is given to lighten the cars, and in the race which now ensue, ensues to keep up with the rapidly driven horses, our passenger is left behind. Consider it very cruel. Streets of Killaloo deserted. No shop yet open. All who are up appear to be rather puzzled concerning the destination and business of their hilarious invaders. A round of drinks comprising of 18 pints of porter and eight bottles of non-intoxicants having been disposed of at Mr. Vaughan's Bridge Street, we resume our journey and soon arrive at our destination. Having taken some refreshments, we were conducted to the scene of operations, which was situated at the breast of a gently sloping mountain about 200 feet above the surface of the lake. Right opposite us stood Craglee County Clare. They passed away pleasantly. Tea served on the open mountain was quickly disposed of. Only two elders from the locality worked with party. Related several stories bearing witness to the tyranny of the former owner, Colonel Space, in order to preserve game. What wondrous changes are wrought by the ever-busy hand of time. How delaying landlordism uh, attests the mutability of human systems. The shadow of night were rapidly falling as we descended the mountain to the owner's residence, where some local young ladies, having been invited, a dance was soon in full swing. A call for songs gave our local vocalists an opportunity of... Um, well, I'm going to see where I am. An opportunity of um, giving their limited and somewhat stereotyped repertoire, and some amusement was created by recitations from Tipperarius. Amusements continued until 3 a.m., when we were reluctantly compelled to think of home. Bidding farewell to the pleasant people of Tipperary, we boarded cars, and in same order as coming, proceeded home. Rather cold morning, moonlight, joviality of companions, 
not so marked as in morning, as labor of day and amusement of night told on spirits of all. Amongst party were Seaward, he names out um, about four or five people, bidding farewell to original companions after a day which I might well describe as a landmark in a somewhat uncheckered life. I returned home almost exactly 24 hours after leaving it. And that was that, was that party. Good God. Wasn't it, isn't it so well written, Michael? It was, yeah. It was really well written. Really it was well indeed. written. Yeah, it was. It was. He was. Uh, he was a great guy, yes. and he, and uh, he's a great mind. Yes, and of course you you remember him. I do indeed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we used to work together in the two farms. We were like one. Yes. When Tim had wanted to do something, he'd be up. We met them every day. We worked in both farms every day. I know. When when I was a young lad, yeah. Yeah, isn't that a brilliant record to leave behind of life in Ogunlaw in? you know, in the in the teens uh, over 100 years ago. It is. It is indeed, yeah. He told you uh, another one. There was, um, on a Sunday, he went up the road. They built the, the new school in Ogunalo in, um, they started in 1913, and they moved in in 1915. Yes. And they were in, they were in the new school. They were gone out of the old school. The old school now was just as... Um, the back wall of Malua's church there, yes. where the where the, where the the shop was there. Yes, but um, it, it was closed about a week. And on the Sunday evening, the twenty uh, fourth, he said some girls in the old school dancing. He went up the road, and there were some girls in the old school dancing. Now the obviously got in. He said, "Join by Healy, Mooney, etc." We go in through the upper front window, a quarter of which has been pulled out and broken. Now, the interior is, um, he says, is an incarnation of disorder. Papers and roll books, etc., are littered everywhere. And he says, evidently some unknown parties have made their uh, own of their place since departure of scholars. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then um, there was a PP there at the time, O'Mara. And O'Mara was, he was a fiery man now, there's no doubt about that. But by the Wednesday, he had said, according to information received, our names are known to Father O'Mara for being in the school on Sunday. And we may come in for the blame for all previous committed vandalism. Yes. And also for some of his reputed eloquence. And then on Sunday, he says, going to Mass, um, intending to kneel inside the door, so as to have the way open for unconventional retreat, should Father Romero do his worst. <laughs> All inside the door being a pool of water, he said, and forced to go up a very considerable distance. Most unfortunate, but most brave is ours. Looked around and noticed money close behind me, somewhat encouraging. Father Romero begins, on last Sunday then makes a long pause during which I had some hopes that he was about to speak on some other subject. But no, he presently launched forth a violent sermon containing raid and declared his intention of entering law against raiders whose names he knew. And perturbed, but relieved as he did not read the names, 
afterwards learned nearly all corporates quitted chapel immediately prior to the sermon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's yeah. very good. But it told the way of life. And yes. you see, the thing about it is, I suppose, when the, at that time there was nowhere to go and they probably to the vacant building and they went in and they danced inside. They wouldn't have music, probably. Yes. They'd have probably maybe sang or someone would have jigged the song. But to some have to go and they'd have gone in and they'd have danced inside. to just a building, an yes. empty building. Yeah. There was no yeah. disrespect meant or anything like that. It was simply well, a, they were they taking an opportunity. Yeah. Well, that yeah. was it. That yeah. was it, Jan. Yeah. <laughs> well, Michael, that, that's marvellous. It really is. I mean, it gives... We, we, we will definitely talk about that again. Um, okay. And have a look at it and, and you know, let, reveal the various things about Ogunlo and Killaloo and Scarif and Tumgraney and other places around that he True. might mention. True. Yeah. True. We could do that sometime. Okay. Right, Michael, listen, we leave it at that because uh, our time is up for today. Many thanks uh, for joining us. So interesting, fascinating. Um, a, a little peek into the, the history of Ogunlo and uh, we look forward to hearing more of it. Michael, thank you so much. Jim, thank you. All right. Good to talk to you. God bless. Bye. Bye.